Hello, fans, and welcome to our first inaugural First Watch segment, where we give you the Star Bros immediate reactions to the newest Star Wars content that has just been released. And boy, we've been blessed with a beautiful one to start with, I think, Jan, and that's Chapter 9 of The Marshall. What do you think? Yeah, it feels like we've waited a really, really long time for this one. And it could be just the fact that we were all so pumped about season one and how good it was. And it made the wait feel a little bit longer. But hey, it's here. And uh, I don't know about you, dude. I watched it twice last night. I've actually only gotten to see it once because I didn't get to watch it until like eight o'clock last night once I finally put my kids down. And that's unfortunately going to be a, a future thing for me. But I also think the pandemic is what's causing the, the longing for this season because there's been no new content anywhere for anything. True. And we've just been dying for something. And Star Wars is the best that we can wait for, at least for us. Yeah. <laughs> And, so, and, and it was one of the it was one of the silver linings early on in the pandemic to get a little bit of good news at some point where uh, we as fans heard that, hey, they, fin they finished all the principal photography and all the heavy duty stuff before COVID really hit. So we knew yeah. that uh, they could work kind of remotely on piecing together all the other things that they need to do to to do final edits and special effects and add the music and things like that. We knew that we were going to get it. And um and, and it, it was just really worth the wait, in my opinion. I totally agree. And, and it's nice to know, at least what we've heard so far from Favreau, that season three is not going to be delayed, that they are confident that they can do all the principal photography, even in the midst of this pandemic and adhere to the guidelines that have been set forth and so forth. So I'm excited and, and happy to know that this season and other seasons shouldn't get derailed by what's going on. But yeah. Uh, Let's jump into this because, yeah. again, as part of our first watch segment, we're going to give you uh, just our immediate reactions to the newest episode that just got released and, and then future episodes that will be released. For more in-depth insight, we encourage our listeners to tune in to a future podcast episode where we will discuss uh, in more detail what we're discussing. But today we're going to focus on Chapter 9, The Marshall. And dude, I got to tell you, it starts off with a bang. I think this is one of the best, uh, maybe even slightly better than season one. And that's because you, you don't have these lingering questions of what is this going to be? Like you already mm -hmm. know what it is and they just mm -hmm. get off and running. But I really like this. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was one of the strongest openings, honestly, of any of the episodes uh, that we saw in season one. Um, I like the, the dangerous situation they kind of throw him in. I like how he, he works his way out of it. Um, by the way, maybe since we haven't been entirely clear, hopefully, you know, you, you folks have picked up on this by now, but this is going to be ridden with spoilers. Yeah. It's going to be both ridden with spoilers and with our speculations. So if that's not what you're looking for, if you haven't watched the episode yet, then, you know, hit the pause button and come back when you have, uh, and now we'll jump back into it. But I, I, I love the, the Gamorrean fight scene. It just seems like sort of a grimy place, uh, that, uh, Yep, the graffiti, right. So we were, we were uh, messaging with some of the Broaxium guys last night and talking about how the, the text of some of the graffiti, even though it's sort of like stylized, it looks like, uh, what is it called, Arabesh, where you know, hopefully somebody is translating that now because I think they probably really thoughtfully put something in there that means something. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the villains that you run into in that first scene. Uh, the fighting is great. Uh, baby Yoda hitting the button on his hover pram and 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 hiding 
Um, all that stuff was just terrific. So that got teased in the trailer. That was one of the things that we got a tiny glimpse at and getting you know the full five minutes of the opening where there's all that action and stuff right off the bat, I thought was terrific. Yeah, totally agree. And and it was nice to set the scene that the Mandalorian, after everything that he went through in season one, is still a great guy, but he's ruthless and he will stop mm-hmm. at nothing to get what he needs. I mean, yeah. he, he leaves he leaves the guy who just tried to kill him dangling from a lamppost and lets uh, you know those I don't even know actually what those are. We'll have to find out those those little alien dog-like mm-hmm. creatures that come out from mm-hmm. the darkness they're freaky looking um just stay in the light is what i learned from that but yeah. uh yeah so we got a nice little glimpse at the beginning of his ruthless character still uh but then by the end of and, this and he episode did, he did say he did say uh i promise you you will not die by my hands oh and i knew as soon as he said that he's dying but right. he's just dying another <laughs> alternative <Some> method <laughs> totally um but but by the end of the the episode we get to know the other side of of the mandalorian again which is the i i'm calling it the reluctant hero yeah right and that he's still this great guy underneath and at the core of who he is so yeah uh but let's let's get to tatooine and everything that happened there uh what Mm -hmm. what were some of your favorite flashback moments or uh i mean tatooine's a planet that we're all accustomed with as part of being a star wars fan yeah, so that, that's where I noticed uh, my first Easter egg. And, and like Ben said, you know, we're going to do a more in-depth analysis when we get back to the podcast. But here, you know, we're just really reacting. And so we probably missed some stuff and, and, and that's okay. We'll, we'll get around to it. But the first thing I did notice was when R5 rolls up uh, <laughs> after the Razor Crest has landed on Tatooine, um, R5, who's also known as Skippy in the old Marvel comic books, who is the droid with a bad motivator who Luke and Uncle Owen almost buy in A New Hope. So it was funny to see him again. That wasn't the Force-sensitive one, was it? That was the Force-sensitive. Skippy oh, was Force-sensitive. Skippy was. Yep, I remember this story. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I was The first reaction I had was, oh, good, he got his motivator fixed. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like that they brought back Pelimoto from season one, which is Amy Sedaris' yeah. character. She's great and, you know, was back to her great old self. And there's that little subtle reminder of everything that happened with the droids and <laughs> the droids uh, face getting sucked with that vacuum was pretty hilarious, yep. too. Yep. Um, so I, I thought it started off well. And as we'll get to later when we talk about uh, Cobb Vance just real quick quick mm-hmm. he had the uh the Anakin's pod racer that was another fun little yes. Easter egg yeah that, that and and it's sort of like it's been beat up it's seen better days it's kind of pieced together it's just um, one it of was the recognizable things. yeah it was recognizable yeah. I kept thinking like what do I know that from like that shape is really uh distinct so um yeah one of one of our bros at Baraxian pointed out like yeah that's Anakin's pod race and I face palmed because I was like of course it is okay very cool <laughs> you were not the only one I mean it's a lot of easter egg jammed into an hour mm-hmm. like it's, it's, mm-hmm. we're gonna have to watch it a few times and pull out a couple more I'm sure yeah. um but let's get to Cobb Vance now now I was so excited when I heard the rumor that Timothy Oliphant might be coming in here uh, I've, I've liked the things that I've seen him in which is not much actually of, of all of his work but what I have seen I do like he's in the, he's in the good place he has a little cameo in season four which i love he's uh, in the office he is in the office that's right he cameos in the office as one of the uh slick big time sales professionals but yeah. um yeah he's great in this and and he um is part of what is a really i think heavily western themed episode as the marshal as sort of like the the guy who's the law in town yeah. very interesting character for him yeah and 
I don't know about you, but as when he first popped up in the scene, I thought in my head, is this Boba Fett or somebody mm-hmm. else? Who is this? Mm-hmm. And this is a weird thing, but I knew it wasn't Boba Fett because he looked too skinny and it looked like his jeans were bagging a baggy a little bit, you know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that and, can't and be him. I, I think they did that on purpose. They went with, you know, that you know, some of the baggy, uh, like the red sweater and and scarf and stuff like that. And it just like physically didn't look proportioned like Boba Fett, but Gosh, you know that that was the armor. As soon as everybody spotted that, I think there's probably gasps around the world. Yeah, totally. I agree. And and happy to see his armor back. But, you know, I, I think they're very curious about who is this guy? Is he good? Mm-hmm. Is he bad? What are his motivations? And they mm-hmm. established him pretty quickly as, well, he's kind of your typical Western uh, self-appointed sheriff in town that has a pretty good backbone. Like he's doing mm-hmm. what he's doing for the community that he is building up there, right? He comes back and saves it uh, using the the armor. I mean, yeah, better than that. And uh, I, I like how he is a little bit smarter in the sense that he's like, I know the Mandalorian can kill me, so I don't really mm-hmm. want to pick a fight with him. So I'm going to find another way to give him what he wants mm-hmm. and to get something in return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, the episode. And- I think their square off was really interesting where they're the only two in that, like uh, that saloon or cantina. Um, and Cobb Vance says something to the effect of, uh, you know, you, w- you want to do this right here in front of the kid. And, and, <laughs> and uh, our hero Mando basically says, well, he's seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> and this, he's not wrong, right? He's not wrong. <laughs> we just yeah. saw that with the Gamorrean fight, right? Yeah. Uh, the crate dragon is another big part of this episode, and that was an exciting one to see. I know a lot of fans uh, know the crate dragon from uh, past entries, and there's also, I believe, the skeleton that you see in the New Hope is the remains of a, a crate dragon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it this one was really cool to see, and I don't know, I got some tremors vibes when I saw it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and and. Uh, I know that we've seen the skeleton before. We've heard a bit about it. Um, you know, one of our one of our bros at Braxton was talking about how there were Knights of the Old Republic vibes, and I'm not sure if that's a, a crate dragon reference or not directly, but um, we certainly haven't seen them uh, smashing through the mountainsides, like tearing through the desert, swallowing up like whole banthas, things like that. So, yeah. um, pretty good, scary, menacing kind of like monster hunter um, episode is what it turns into. Oh, totally. I, I really liked it. Uh, and then I just liked, you know, trying to see how they formulated a plan to, to fight it and bringing back working, the Tusken Raiders. Yeah, work, working with the Tusken Raiders and, and getting to know more about them. And, you know, so I, I have a little bit of an edge on you here because I've watched it twice now. Yeah. Um, but something that jumped out at me the second time was, uh, you know, I, I, I think they're sort of portrayed as being... Um, really kind of like ruthless and cruel and maybe sort of the bad guys of the villainous. desert, but villainous. Yeah. And, and when it comes down to fighting the crate dragon, a lot of, a lot of the, I, and I wonder if this was done on purpose, a lot of the townspeople run and the sand people don't, they, they are brave enough to stick around and keep, you know, pulling on the ropes after they've speared the crate dragon. Um, and, and sort of stand their ground, which is, you know, pretty cool to see. So it's kind of, in my mind, it's added a dimension to their characters as, yeah, they're, they're maybe a little bit more complicated and they're, they're pretty gutsy too, which makes sense. You got to be tough and gutsy to live out in the desert. 
Oh, you totally do. And I like how they're willing to barter and trade in their one thing that keeps their livelihood going, which is pillaging a bit and, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of being the villainous, ruthless kind of character. Yeah. All to try to get this common interest resolved, which is destroying yeah. this crate dragon. And if you, and you know, by the end of it, once they are successful, it's interesting that they're basically stripping uh, the the meat off of this thing and it's going to keep them alive for a long time even mandalorian yeah. even leaves with a little chunk of meat yeah uh, pretty big chunk it's bigger than than uh baby yoda it is yeah it'll keep both of them pretty well fed for a while uh, but, but did you did you catch the sort of truce that they had with the townspeople at the end with the pearl or with something else no it's something else so basically the agreement was and i, and I think mando communicates this to um, the townspeople probably to Cobb Vance, but he says something to the effect of uh, they've agreed not to attack your town until the day comes where one of the townspeople breaks that truce. So if one of the townspeople yeah. does something to the sand people, then the truce is over. But otherwise, yeah. they'll be safe. Yeah, and I get the I vibe that. that they'll keep their word both ways. They won't attack, but boy, if somebody somebody crosses that line, they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how long that holds up, and I hope it does. A mm-hmm. uh, little bit mm-hmm. of parallels to our universe, but we'll get to that in another time. Um, yeah. There's one other thing, well, two other things maybe that I'll mention, and then we can wrap things up for our first watch. Uh, Cobb Vance looks like he's coming back. I like that they ended on a good note between the Mandalorian and him, and it, it felt yeah. very similar to Cara Dune's character, where they yeah. said, you know what? If you need anything, I'm here for you. I hope we get the chance to work together again, because we grew pretty tight during this whole ordeal. Yeah, and he proves himself as capable to Mando, and vice versa. They both know that they can work together well and come out alive, and uh, in a situation like fighting a crate dragon, um, that, that alone is pretty impressive, I think. Totally. And then what we'll do at the end of every episode of First Watch, we'll end on our big question. And there's no clearer big question than the last three, four, five seconds that we get of this episode, where we see the return of Termura Morrison, who, mm-hmm. for those who don't know who he is, played Jango Fett in yep. the original, or the prequels, I should say, and mm-hmm. is the clone of all the clone troopers is the source for all the clone troopers mm-hmm. including his own boba fett so yeah. him returning is is essentially saying i'm boba fett yeah so yeah and, and and by the way at the very end of the episode um the way that they sort of set up that that end i i didn't think we were going to get anything else i thought he was going to ride off into the twin sunset and that was going to be the end and it would have been fine it would have been a really satisfying ending it would have been a perfect um, closing for a Western theme episode. Yep, but I, I, I should I should be on my toes when it's Favreau writing and directing, and you know what a what a really great way to get people to freak out for the whole next week until the next episode is available. Yep, exactly. So the big question that we've been left lingering with: What is Boba Fett's story since he was swallowed mm-hmm. up by the Sarlacc pit? How did he lose his armor? How yeah. did he survive the Sarlacc pit in general? And yeah what is he going to do next is he going after the mandalorian it's interesting that he he didn't go after Cobb vance because i would say that Cobb vance might have been a little bit easier to go after than the mandalorian yeah absolutely so, yeah so that that might have been a choice on his part to say you know what, i'm not going to bother but why why would he make that choice and and now there might be a reason for him to get involved because another mandalorian has his armor right 
So it should be really interesting to see what happens. I'm really excited by this. I know that uh, longtime fans who are especially FET fans mm-hmm. are going to be really excited by the fact that he's back because this has oh, yeah. literally been a debate for decades of yeah. whether or not FET is really dead. Yeah. So yeah, I well, think, well said. Yeah. I think we're going to be in for a big surprise this next episode. I, th- I think episode two is going to surround the Boba Fett story the most. So I, th- I think it's got to. I, I think they, they wouldn't have necessarily teased uh, the introduction of Boba Fett if they didn't get right to it in the next one. And it could be still sort of distant in the next one. It could be that because um, Mando doesn't know that he's there, but now Boba knows that there is another Mandalorian and he could follow him around a little bit, kind of stalk him and, and try to get a good read on him. Um, who knows? He could be he could be sort of lingering in the background. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've got other characters that we're also looking forward to introducing, uh, reintroducing, I, I should say. So, you know, Grief Karga, Cara Dune. Um, it could be that this season is, you know, Mando, Baby Yoda, Grief Karga, Cara Dune. Cobb Vance and Boba Fett running around together, which would be pretty extraordinary. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited to see what they they're doing with this character. And and this this one was the one where um you know there's been a lot of speculation about who's going to be in this season, but this is the one where uh, Tamora Morrison's uh, agent. Did you see this? No. His, his the his uh, town agency that uh, that manages his career accidentally posted on their website that uh, this was part of his resume. Uh, oh yeah. About him about a month ago and then took it down really quickly but um that was enough for our <laughs> rabid star wars fans to go bananas so it's nice yeah. to see that confirmed well and it's it's nice because there were probably three big rumors going into this timothy mm-hmm. oliphant being one uh yep. morrison being the other and then of course is ahsoka coming back yeah and so we're two out of three so far We'll see if the third one is going to be confirmed at another episode, which I think if it's going to be confirmed, we're not, we need to hold our breath a little bit. It's, or sorry, not okay. hold our breath. It's going to be episode five or six by the time that we see her personally. I see. That's what I think. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm still like, uh, I'm, I'm very much uh, a skeptic when it comes to all of this stuff. Thus far, I've been proven wrong with Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. I could see them bringing Boba Fett back. I was kind of on the fence about that. Then we got the the leak with Tamora Morrison, um, but I'm still kind of like wringing my hands, wondering if the Rosario Dawson thing is true. Uh, but hey, yeah. there's there's got that that must have come from somewhere, right? And that's really got legs, and um, so we'll see. But I think you're probably right. I don't think they're gonna un- unveil all of these surprises in the first couple of episodes. I think it's going to be drawn out throughout the season. Yep, totally agree. And it's important to remember to not get overly invested in any of these rumors because yeah. what if any of them isn't true? And right. what if it doesn't really pan out the way you wanted it to? So make sure, if anything, that we keep our theories in check, but yep. keep hope up, keep excite- our excitement yeah. up and, and let that play out. So um, any parting words, Young, before we close our first watch? No, I just uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'd love to hear what you thought about the first episode and what you think might be coming next. So uh, hit us up on Twitter at Starburst Podcast or send us an email, thestarburstpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. And, and yeah, connect with us. Let us know what you think and let us know where you think we're going. Yes, and don't forget, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs>